This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. The problem and the solution aren't always related. So we tend to think, oh, if I just think about this more, then it's going to get better. But in most cases, that actually doesn't work. So when we focus on the problem, we miss what's actually working well, or we miss what's called exceptions to the problem, which is typically where you find the solutions. Hi, I'm Jamie Buston. I'm the publisher and editor-in-chief of The Tonic Magazine and the producer and host of The Tonic Talk Show and Podcast. I'm a former commercial litigator who used to weigh 242 pounds. When I was 38 years old, I lost over 50 pounds through a regimen of exercise and better nutrition. It took me a year to reach my goal, but I thought if a type A personality like me could do it, really anybody can. I'm still asking questions and learning about what it means to live a healthy lifestyle. Please join me on this continuing journey. Today, we'll discuss the benefits of mushrooms with Dr. Colleen Cartwick, ND. We'll learn about solution-focused perspectives with Tracy Sograti. We'll find out how to cut out processed foods with Dr. Joan Ifland. And lastly, we'll explore the benefits of shopping at a co-op with Paul DeCampo. But first, a little bit of business. Medicinal mushrooms offer a multitude of health benefits, including immune support, improved energy, and stress reduction. Medicinal mushroom extracts, New Roots Herbal, hot water extracted, providing you validated potency so you get their full health benefits. Discover Reishi, Lion's Mane, or Resilience, a seven-mushroom blend. Find the complete selection of medicinal mushroom extracts from New Roots Herbal exclusively at quality health food stores. To learn more, visit newrootsherbal.com. To ensure the products are right for you, always read and follow the label. Dr. Colleen Hartwick is a licensed naturopathic physician who's been in private practice since 2012 in Campbell River, B.C., Dr. Hartwick has a special interest in trauma as it pertains to physical illness, and as such, her practice focuses on mental health. In addition, Dr. Hartwick is passionate about sharing her knowledge and has been a part-time instructor at the Canadian School for Nutrition since 2015 and recently began publishing educational articles with Naturopathic Currents. Welcome to the show, Doctor. How are you? I'm doing really well, thanks. And thanks for having me today, Jamie. It's a pleasure. There's hot-button items in health and wellness, right? Like, you you know it, right? There's things that come and go and, you know, they have their time in the sun. And one of those things that is a hot topic today is mushrooms. Can we talk about mushrooms today? We sure can. And you're so on the ball. I mean, there's always trends with health and wellness and mushrooms are just, pun intended, at sort of a burgeoning field <laughs> that we're really coming to understand sort of after hundreds of years of sort of theoretical and classical use. Now we've got more science to really understand how these fungus, fungi, can help us. Okay, so as mushrooms pertain to our health, can you explain how they help? Like, what do they do? I mean, depends on the species of mushroom that we're talking about. And hopefully a little bit later in our conversation, we can touch on a couple of my favorites. But just in general, mushrooms are great for immune support. Some of them have anti-cancer properties. Some are great to help improve energy, to support different sex hormones like estrogen and testosterone. There's some species that help with our ability to deal with stress. And one in particular that I'm hoping we'll be able to touch on is called lion's mane, really good for mental health and cognitive support. 
my first lion's mane mushroom on Mother's Day. We had, yeah, yeah we made some roasted mushrooms and lion's mane made its way into the mix. The interesting thing about mushrooms, you know, some of the mushrooms we eat have these medicinal values, right? They 100% do. So they're this like lovely dovetailing product that's both food but also medicine and depending on how we prepare that mushroom can really unleash some of the really valuable compounds inside that again have those properties that I was mentioning whether it's cognitive support or immune support or hormone balancing. Yeah so you know I was saying you know we eat the mushrooms and but when you eat mushrooms you really don't have much hope of getting you know the medicinal value out of them you'd have to eat like heaping gobs of these mushrooms and some of them are expensive. So you don't eat mushrooms to get their value. They have to be processed first, don't they? They do. There's a specific process that we use to extract the active ingredients from mushrooms. They're known as polysaccharides, these like long, complex carbohydrates that in a mushroom, again, until we prepare it properly, kind of enclosed in this capsule known as chitin. It's the same compound that's found in things like lobster shells. It's really tough butter coating that essentially makes the active ingredients not the most bioavailable. It's almost akin to, to having the, I guess, the medicinal ingredient enclosed in like a marble or the very one of those jawbreaker candies. You <laughs> break your jaw trying to, to access what's inside. Right. And so if we're really hoping to get the medicinal properties of the mushrooms that we're wanting to either use as a supplement or perhaps use as a food application, you have to dissolve it in hot water over a period of several hours. We call this a hot water extract. So yeah, mode of preparation makes a big difference in terms of accessing those polysaccharides inside that have the immune modulating effects and the hormone balancing effects and, and the cognitive effects. Okay. So these components like the polysaccharides, how do they get released from the mushroom? How does that work? So again, like I mentioned, they're kind of enclosed in this really tough outer shell known as chitin. Again, chitin is found in shells of, of sea bugs, of, of lobsters, and crabs. And as long as chitin is present, we can't access those polysaccharides found inside. So what we need to do with the mushroom, and it's done by you know several high-end companies, is this hot water extract whereby we take chunks of mushrooms and we essentially steep them, simmer them in hot water over the course of many hours. And what that hot water extraction does is it breaks down that chitin and frees up those polysaccharides that are hiding inside so that we can then absorb them in our gut and then they can have their effects on, again, supporting the immune system and supporting the brain and supporting hormone balance. Fantastic. You mentioned polysaccharides, but are there other compounds from the mushrooms that we should be looking for in terms of our, you know, health regimen? I mean, the best studied ingredients in terms of the medicinal effects of mushrooms are those polysaccharides like beta-glucans, for example. But mushrooms have a whole array of um, different vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients like vitamin D, for example, is found in mushrooms that can have broad-acting effects. So then we talk a lot about those polysaccharides for their specific medical applications for viral infections and, and chemotherapy support or, again, lines in, like we've touched on, really important for cognitive health and preventing things like dementia. But there's all these other nutrients found inside mushrooms that are not necessarily inaccessible because of that chitin wall, but certainly add to sort of the nutrient value and density found in mushrooms. Okay. 
And how can we get these extracts? So your best bet, again, it's going to depend a little bit on budget because, as you mentioned, mushrooms, especially mushroom products, can be a little bit on the costly side. So it's got a couple of options. If you're going to go to a health food store and you're looking for, you know, a mushroom product made by a supplement company, you really want to make sure that that product has been prepared carefully and properly and has undergone that hot water extraction. Otherwise, you don't really know what you're getting Mushrooms can come as powders, they can come in capsules, they can come in tablets, and it doesn't matter so much, again, powder, capsule, tablet, what really does matter is has that mushroom been treated through hot water extraction to pull out and render bioavailable those polysaccharides so that you can get the immune-boosting properties or you can get the energizing properties or you can get the hormone-balancing properties. And if it's maybe not in your means to afford this, the prepared supplement version of of a mushroom product. You can buy mushrooms whole and or dried, you know, dried fresh or whole, and prepare them yourself at home in soups, in stews. You can make infusions like teas with them. You just want to simmer that mushroom over the course of several hours over sort of medium heat to break down that chitin wall. Again, help gain access to those really valuable nutrients that are trapped inside. Okay. So you've done a great job of explaining, you know, what the mushrooms are, how we take them in, and how they might work in our system. Let's discuss which mushrooms you like and what they're good for. Where do you want to start? Do you have one in particular you want to talk about? Why don't we start with lion's mane? Because that's one we mentioned before. Perfect. It is one of my favorites because I see a lot of patients who are dealing with issues with memory, focus, concentration. So lion's mane... She kind of looks a little bit like a brain when you go and forage it. I'm a bit of a mushroom forager myself. It's one of my favorites. What it seems to do is increase this compound called nerve growth factor. And the name is what it suggests. It's basically like fertilizer for our nerve cells. It helps them grow, helps them function, helps them regenerate. And what we've seen, at least in research on animal models, is when we create a situation where there's low or no nerve growth factor, starts to mimic what looks like Alzheimer's disease. The lion's mane is a really great mushroom if we're struggling with focus, if we're struggling with memory, if we're struggling with concentration. Okay. Where do you want to go from here? Do you want to talk about maitake or shiitake? Where do you want to go? Maybe next favorite mushrooms, one I found myself using a little bit more recently because we've got so many tools in our tool belt as naturopathic doctors that kind of bounce around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a mushroom called cordyceps. Mm-hmm. It's actually like a worm that grows on a mushroom. And where I found myself using cordyceps is predominantly for its hormone balancing effects. So some good evidence that it helps to raise estrogen levels for clients, patients who might be experiencing, you know, menopausal symptoms related to estrogen levels being too low. Also seems to increase testosterone levels, which can be helpful for, you know, muscle growth, can be helpful for mood, can be helpful for libido. I've got a couple patients right now struggling with with low testosterone and part of our approach has involved using cordyceps. Okay, well, so like, I don't want these mushrooms to get a complex as to, you know, how you rank them. But if we're going in descending order, what's number three on your list? Um, (laughs) Yeah, I certainly don't want to create this hierarchy like some mushrooms are better than others. Exactly. They all have their own unique array of health benefits. They're all special. Yeah. 
they really are. They're so fabulous, and it's so fun to be able to be on Vancouver Island and forage for some of these yeah. for home use. Probably next favorite one is reishi. It's known historically as the, uh, the mushroom of the immortals because it's associated with improvements in longevity, likely because it's got like a ton of antioxidants in it. It's also a little bit what we call adaptogenic in naturopathic medicine, mm-hmm. which is to say it helps you adapt and cope with stress. And for so many of us, especially in the last couple of years, you know, stress has been incredibly high. So a mushroom like reishi might be helpful to allow us to better cope with uh, longstanding stress. Okay. So we're not, we're not going to number them, but what other mushrooms do you enjoy and prescribing and what do they do? You know, for sort of antiviral purposes and for any of my patients who are experiencing cancer and cancer care, maitake can be a really good choice for that shiitake as well, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with because it's a popular mushroom in Asian cooking as well. Mm-hmm. Reishi also kind of falls under that umbrella too as being helpful for people experiencing cancer or, or getting chemotherapy treatment to improve immune status. Are there mushrooms that you prescribe that people may not know about that, you know, are perhaps more obscure but still very helpful? I'm trying to think of any that are obscure. I guess I'm a little bit biased where I am because there's so much foraging on Vancouver Island that I've got a lot of patients that are super familiar with with mushrooms, and we also have a couple of really great manufacturers here on the island. So, again, there's, there's always workshops on mushrooms. I'm trying to think if there's anything obscure that I might recommend. I guess Shaga, mm-hmm. although it's gaining a lot of awareness, again, at least here on, on Vancouver Island. Yet another mushroom that's really good for immune health. It's got some antiviral properties. Again, similar to some of the other mushrooms that I talked about, has some anti anti-cancer properties as well, especially around like colon cancer, um, breast cancer, at least based on the evidence we have so far. Okay. So Colleen, you know, we've talked about a number of mushrooms. Are there any contraindications or any concerns or, or safety issues about taking medicinal mushrooms? There's always concern whenever we're taking in any product, including something like mushrooms, which kind of toes the line between, you know, food and medicine. What I recommend to anyone is to talk to your primary care practitioner before you start a mushroom regimen, just to be sure that it's the right thing for you and that it's not going to interact with any of your the medications that you're taking or contraindicated for you in any other way. And I'd be more than happy to come back and highlight a couple of those risks and contraindications. But again, hard to speak to what's going to be appropriate to each one of your listeners and, and best to then consult with your primary care practitioner before self-supplementing just to make sure that it's the right fit for you. Well, that's sound advice. If people want to have more information about you, is there a website they can reach out to? They sure can. So my website is campbellrivernaturopathic.com. It's got my email address, my phone number there. So more than welcome to get a hold of me if you have any questions, either about my practice, questions about uh, medical, medicinal mushrooms. I'm here as a resource and would love to chat. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. That was Dr. Colleen Hartwick, ND. Uh, for more discussions and articles about health and wellness, be sure to visit thetonic.ca. We have to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll discuss solution-focused perspectives on The Tonic. 
Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their Liquid Greens Chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Liquid Greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy, enjoy the detox, enjoy the great taste. Purely natural, liquid greens. Suffering with pain or arthritis? Having trouble sleeping due to stress and anxiety? Understand the benefits of medical cannabis science. Optican CB4 relief soft gels are formulated with patented Bezosort pharmaceutical technology and are clinically proven to deliver four and a half times more CBD into your bloodstream three times faster than conventional CBD capsules. That's reliable relief in a nutshell and in an Optican soft gel. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist and sign up at OptiCan2Ns.ca. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Tracy Sograti has an eclectic background in molecular biology, psychology, and nursing. She practices psychotherapy and yoga therapy and has over 20 years of experience in leading classes, workshops, and events. She believes that the tools of mindfulness pave the way for a deeply meaningful life at any stage. And you can find her at sogratiyoga.com, Sograti Yoga on Facebook, or Tracy Sograti on Instagram. Welcome back to the show. How are you, my friend? I am most excellent, Jamie, and I'm so happy to be here. How are you? Good. Last time you were on the show, we talked, no BS, we talked about BA, <laughs> and, and today... Did you try it? Did yeah, you try it? Yeah, of course. I live it, my friend. <laughs> This time around, we're talking about a different tool yeah. set, right? Yeah. Okay, so what is a solution-focused approach? Oh, my God, I'm so excited about this. So a solution-focused approach or a perspective is a way of looking at your life and, and your problems, okay? Mm-hmm. So generally speaking, what the average person does is when they're feeling something or dealing with a challenging situation, they tend to really focus on the problem, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And as we focus on the problem, it sort of leads to this past-focused negative rumination cycle that repeats itself over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And what we've learned in therapy is that you know, the problem and the solution aren't always related, Hmm. which is a bit tricky. Um, You know, so we tend to think, oh, if I just think about this more, then it's going to get better. But in most cases, that actually doesn't work. So when we focus on the problem, we miss what's actually working well, or we miss uh, what's called exceptions to the problem, which is typically where you find the solutions. Okay, so like, is this a work backwards approach type of thing? Like where you visualize where like what the answer is and then you work to get there? Is that? Oh, I like the way your brain is working. Yes, yes. It is, it is, and we can contextualize that, but yes, that's the essence of it. Okay, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm already doing that. Is that good? Yeah, no, you're so good, Jamie. I yes. know, I know. I love getting the gold stars from you. <laughs> All right. You get so, my gold star. Full validation over here. There you go. And that's really the only purpose of this show. <laughs> 
So how could I include a solution-focused approach to my life, or how can the listeners do that? Yeah, okay. So for all of you out there, the trick is, and it is a trick, is to start by asking yourself solution-focused questions. And I want to give you some examples. Mm -hmm. So instead of asking, oh, why am I so depressed? Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, what will help me be more active or engaged? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're literally flipping the question. Instead of asking, like, oh, God, what is making me feel so anxious? Ask, hmm, I wonder, how can I be more calm and present? Mm-hmm. So just f- feel what happens. There's a flip that happens in your brain. Instead of asking something like, why is my son always hitting my daughter? Right. right? Ask, how can we teach him to keep his hands to himself? So just, again, changes it. Instead of asking, why are we always fighting with each other? Ask, what can help us get along better or what can help us work as a team? But you understand why people ask these why questions, right? I mean, aren't we trying to get at the fundamental underlying issue? For sure, yeah. I think you're recognizing that we have a drive as human beings to understand the why. Yeah. And it also gets in the way. Right, because it's not helping us actually solve the problem. It's helping us stay sort of problem focused because what it does in the brain, I mean, the brain just links things together for efficiency. It doesn't necessarily link them together because that's the best way to do it. If we think, why are we always fighting? Then we're going to think of all of the times that we fought, and then we're going to start feeling like kind of like victimized and angry and resentful because we're thinking about the fighting. Does that? Yeah, no, no, it does. I just, I think like my natural inclination is to have a better sense of understanding to develop a better solution. But, Mm -hmm. but sometimes Mm -hmm. you kind of have to get to the solution, get off your ass and do it right. Like, this is, this is about being active as opposed to, to being pensive, I think. Yeah, it is. And and I don't want to detract from the value of insight because that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Sitting back, reflecting, you know, as long as the way that the reflection is happening is productive with that clear goal, like I'm thinking about this because I'm trying to understand the situation, like what's my contributing factor, what triggered me, you know, if we're, if we're looking at a situation from that perspective just to enhance our knowing, yeah, fine, there's, there's great value in that. But I think that often that's not what's happening with people, they're sort of ruminating to solve the problem and it's just not working. Okay. So previously you mentioned exceptions, right? Mm-hmm. So like the exception to the problem. Mm-hmm. What are what are exceptions? Yeah. So this is the habit of asking ourselves, you know, where does the problem not occur? Cuz generally speaking, you know, when we have a problem, it occurs within a context, mm-hmm. right? Within yeah. a particular situation. And we, we all know this. It's like, think about, you know, I don't know, going home to your parents' house if you're grown or, you know, going mm-hmm. to your in-laws. There's a, there's a certain circumstance where there's a thought, memory, emotion triggered that also gives us an urge to behave or act in a certain way, mm-hmm. okay? But that also means there's circumstances where the problem's not happening, and we need to understand those circumstances when we're sort of winning the day, okay? Mm -hmm. Yep. And so as soon as we start noticing that there are exceptions to the problem, what happens is that we limit this cognitive error that most of us make, which is all or nothing thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. If I don't do things exceptionally, then I'm a failure. If I don't do it perfectly, you know, then I'm going to lose, things like that. It just eliminates that tendency, which is very, very common, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. 
And the way that we would look for exceptions is we would just sort of track our activities. And I mentioned this last month in our talk. It's really useful if you've never done this before to track what you're doing in a week and how you felt to rate your mood and and notice, like, is there a pattern in my life? Because it will give you a lot more insight as you're speaking to, but it will also allow you to have the tools to make choices. Mm -hmm. You know, and then from here, I think I would probably say go into powerful questions, which I'm I think I'm most excited to share the powerful questions. Okay. Well, now it's, it's got such a title, I got to know. What are, what are powerful <laughs> questions? So I would use three powerful questions. And again, if you're listening, um, write them down unless, of course, you're driving. The first powerful question to ask yourself is, in my life right now, what's happening right now that I want to keep have happening? Mm -hmm. I know that was really awkward, but what's happening that I want to continue in my life? Mm -hmm. And I really suggest looking at the little things like, I love, you know, this coffee at this time in the morning with this smell. Write it down. Mm -hmm. What's happening right now that I want to keep? And when you start expanding that list and really tuning into the subtleties and the nuances, it creates this really positive feeling, which is, you know, will allow you to move in a direction that really is uplifting for you. The second question, and this has to do with if you're struggling with a particular problem, mm-hmm. okay? And this, this is going to speak to your reversing, your reverse engineering process. So imagine that it's six months from now and you look back to today and you think, if only I had done X, Y, and Z, it would have resolved things. It would solve this problem. Mm-hmm. What are X, Y, and Z? Hmm. Yep. Okay, so that's the reverse engineering approach. Yep. Because often if we ask ourselves that, we find that we, we knew the answer actually. You know, we, we know. Yeah, we're just afraid do. to do it or it's too much work yeah. or we think we're not capable of doing it. Yeah, uh, we talk ourselves out of it, right? Right, or truthfully, it's also like, oh, is that goal that I'm thinking of, is it really worth all the effort? Like, is that mm-hmm. really the goal that I want to do? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's a great question too. Right. That's it. I love that. Like, is this actually what I want to do? Or is it just a fantasy that I have that's soothing something emotional in me? Yep. Mm. Okay. So the other juicy question is commonly known as the miracle question. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say it out loud. If you're struggling with a problem, the question is this. Imagine you're sleeping and overnight a miracle happens. And you wake up and your problem is solved, but you don't know that it's solved. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just as you go through your day, you're going to experience evidence that it has been solved. What is that evidence? How will you know that the problem has been solved? Hmm. It's interesting, huh? Yeah. Because then you start to think about, well, okay, wait a second. How would I know that the problem was solved? Yeah, like what would be different in my life, right? What would be different in my life? And then you have to map it out. And that will help you start to find solutions and take you in the direction, again, that allows you to, to be integrated and whole in your approach to life, right? In a way that's, it's quite empowering, actually. Yeah. 
Okay, we have time, like, really for one last area. Where do you want to go? I would say that, you know, it's really important for people to recognize if they're doing something right now. Like, say they're listening to me and they're thinking, okay, well, do I really need to do this? To answer that question, you have to look at what you're doing right now and is it actually working for you, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And if, if you're doing something, if you've got a pattern or a behavior of doing something and it's truly not getting you the results that you want, You have to be brave enough. You have to be courageous enough to change what you're doing, which means uh, you're going to feel pretty uncertain, and that's okay. That makes a lot of sense. As always, thank you you for coming on the show, my friend. It's my pleasure. That was Tracy Sograti. We have to take a short break, but we'll be right back on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout-out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian-owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000-square-foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. The Big Carrot is a worker-owned natural food market that's been committed to local, organic, non-GMO, and sustainable food systems since 1983. They're a one-stop shop offering produce, grocery, bulk, body care, and holistic dispensary. The juice and smoothie bars and kitchens serve up hundreds of healthy dishes and drinks daily. Building community is at the core of their vision, which they deliver through education, outreach, and giving. They want everyone to share in the goodness they offer. Visit their website for more information at thebigcarrot.ca. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. Nutrition counselor and founder of Food Addiction Reset, Dr. Joan Iflin, PhD, MBA, FACN, has 20 years of experience in the science of processed food addiction. She's a fellow of the American College of Nutrition, a graduate of Stanford University, and the author of the textbook Processed Food Addiction, Foundations, Assessment, and Recovery. Dr. Ifland has been interviewed by Oprah Winfrey Network, Fox News, Shape, Fortune, Prevention, U.S. News, Pure Wow, Chow Hound, and many more. And now the tonic. Welcome to the show, Doctor. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm great. I'm so glad to be here. So processed foods, I think I know what they are, but can you explain briefly what that is? Yes. um, There are categories of processed foods, sugars, any kind of a concentrated sweetener, flour, in other words, any carbohydrate that's been ground into a powder. Gluten has its own addictive properties, and excessive salt has addictive properties, processed fats, caffeine, and even dairy. Dairy has a natural casomorphine in it that's designed to put a baby cow to sleep. Okay. So, obviously, you advocate for cutting out processed foods, right? Because... Otherwise, why write the textbook about addictions? So if one were to not have processed foods, what would that look like? What would a typical day without processed foods look like? Oh, gosh, the food, you know, real food is so beautiful. You could have eggs and steel-cut oatmeal and fresh fruit for breakfast. Lunch could be any protein, salmon, any kind of fish, steak, chicken, turkey, we eat a lot of turkey in the U.S., 
any kind of protein with a big pile of vegetables. And then if you needed a starch like rice or a sweet potato or beans, and then dinner would be the same as lunch. And if you need a snack, you can have two ounces of an animal protein or three ounces of a plant protein. If you're a plant-based, then you could have amaranth or beans or quinoa, uh, buckwheat. Those are all great plant proteins with your big pile of vegetables and if you want a starch with a starch. It's beautiful food. So I've got a bit of a sweet tooth. What about dessert? Are you, are you going to tell me to have fruit? Well, that's sweet tooth. And If you would like me to, <laughs> I'll say a few words about what it means to have a sweet tooth. That could be a sign of sugar addiction. Sugar is highly addictive. Mm -hmm. We're exposed to it from birth. Really, if the mother is eating sugar, we're exposed to it in utero. It's highly addictive. Research shows it to be more addictive and destructive than cocaine. So you might just like take a step back from that sweet tooth and say, what is really going on here? The thing that people don't know is that it only takes four to eight days of abstaining from concentrated sweet tastes for the cravings to go away. It's quite a gift. I hear yeah. you. I'm actually, I'm a good boy. I actually have oatmeal for breakfast and uh, I don't add sugar in my coffee or anything like that, but I still enjoy dessert. You know, you, you got to live a little. What are some of the challenges when cutting out processed foods? The, the greatest challenge is to make it real to accept the history of how the world became uh, not just overweight and obese, but how diet-related diseases became the leading cause of preventable death. And you go back to the mid-1980s when the tobacco industry, you know, the most expert addiction specialists <laughs> moved into processed foods. And you just have to ask yourself, why would addiction specialists be interested in processed foods? Well, because they saw the potential to use their expertise in a new market. So in three very short years, Big Tobacco bought, and we're talking R.J. Reynolds and Philip Morris, bought Kraft, Nabisco, and General Foods. Hmm. And we have new evidence uh, from a research team at University of California, San Francisco. They are the depository of the internal documents which the tobacco industry was required to submit as part of their court settlements. So those researchers are going through those documents, and in chilling, horrifying detail, they're describing, they're, they're pulling information from internal documents showing it, how the cigarette companies transferred their expertise in addicting adults to cigarettes. They transferred that expertise. They used it to addict children to sugar. And it's just horrifying. But that's what happened. So I think the hardest thing about moving into recovery is looking around us and realizing that this has been an enormous cover-up for 40 years now, almost. But that's philosophical. I mean, like, respectfully, if, if I'm trying to cut out processed foods, I'm not sure the history of it 
poses the challenge. It's like if you are saying that, you know, we're all susceptible to addiction through sugar or salt or processed foods, isn't that like it's physically manifesting in ourselves, isn't it? If you know that that's where it's coming from. Like if I said to most people, if I just asked 100 people on the street, did you know that processed foods cause uh, depression, anxiety, irritability, aggressive behavior? I think most people would look at me like I was crazy. Okay, but I think people have processed foods for different reasons, right? I mean, for some, it's a matter of convenience. Other people don't like to cook. In, in some respects, it can be cheaper. You know, there's lots of reasons it tastes good, you know, or they are addicted. All that may be true. I mean, we know that alcohol isn't good for us, but we still drink plenty of alcohol. I don't think the companies need to work that hard to convince us to have a drink, for example, right? Yeah, yeah. So here's the here's one way to think about this. Okay. Is think about cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Like you know, cigarettes are bad. You don't smoke cigarettes. You would be surprised if somebody lit up a cigarette in front of you without asking you why. What's the difference between cigarettes and processed foods? Well, there are two big differences. We know about cigarettes. We've gotten all the public education. They're banned from most spaces and. We get it, and we don't smoke. Okay. We don't know that. We, uh, process, okay, the, that's one difference. The other difference is that processed foods are hundreds of times more destructive than cigarettes because they are attacking cell function in eight different ways. They destabilize blood glucose. They create inflammation. They pull blood flow away from the frontal lobe. I mean, it just the list just goes on and on and on. And so... Those are the two big differences. We know about cigarettes. It's easy to avoid cigarettes because they're not anywhere anymore for most of us. We don't know about the destructive properties of processed foods, and we see people eating them all the time. So it's very hard to believe that processed foods could cause an incredible array of problems. But I do have an interesting way to for each person to figure that out for themselves. Mm-hmm. So just say for one week, seven days, Monday through Sunday, I am really going to give up this list. I'm only going to eat plants that still look like they did when they were harvested. Mm -hmm. I'm going to eat clean proteins. And, you know, if I'm hungry, I will add a starch and, and nice clean fruits. So do that for one week and you will get through withdrawal. So... These are drugs. The body is, is interpreting these substances as drugs. So there is a withdrawal. You might have a headache for four days. And don't give up the caffeine. That's a different, that's a different fight. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, give up the, anything that's in a package. Give up the fast food just for one week. And it's really easy to make a lot of clean food. If you have a crock pot, just put your ingredients in the crock pot in the morning before you leave your house. And there, you'll have plenty of clean food in less time than it would take to stop for fast food. And then sit down and kind of eat the worst thing that you allow yourself. You're going to be nice and clean. Your gut will have repopulated. I know you don't know what that means, but... Actually, I do know what that means. Sober. Yeah, okay. Oh, you look good. You'll be sober off of it. You'll find that the brain fog has lifted. The cravings have lifted. The bloating is gone. You feel lighter. You feel more energetic. The stomach aches might be gone. The little minor aches and pains might be gone. 
because the inflammation will be gone. And you're just like, oh, no, 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 this couldn't all be possibly due to the processed foods. So sit down and eat something really gross, and you will be amazed at how sick you are. Okay, so if that's true, do you have any advice for somebody, other than trying to go for a week without it, like how would you manifest and how would you consult somebody who wanted to do this long-term? What are some of the things or tips that you might have to make things go a little bit easier so that we can all move towards uh, processed foods? Yeah, this is such a good question. That's the key question. So what I've learned from research and experience is the dominant drive in the brain, surprisingly enough, is the drive to belong. Mm-hmm. So the anthropologists tell us that for the 7 million years of human evolution, if you belonged in a tribe, you would live. You would live out your life. And if you didn't, you would die. Mm-hmm. So that drive to belong and how do we belong is through conforming our behavior. And this is why people can't stick to a great food plan. It's because the people around them are eating you know, whatever they're eating, right. and the drive to belong will drag you back to eat what they're eating. So we have now formed an online community where people can keep that drive to belong safe. They're, they're around healthy people enough to satisfy that drive to belong. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. For more information about Dr. Iflin, visit drjoanifflin.com. For great interviews and articles on food science, visit thetonic.ca. We have to take a short break, but when we return, we'll find out why you should shop at a co-op on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their Liquid Greens Chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Liquid Greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's Unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy. Enjoy the detox. Enjoy the great taste. Purely natural liquid greens. Medicinal mushrooms offer a multitude of health benefits, including immune support, improved energy, and stress reduction. Medicinal mushroom extracts from New Roots Herbal, hot water extracted, providing you validated potency so you get their full health benefits. Discover Reishi, Lion's Mane, or Resilience, a seven-mushroom blend. Find the complete selection of medicinal mushroom extracts from New Roots Herbal exclusively at quality health food stores. To learn more, visit newrootsherbal.com. To ensure the products are right for you, always read and follow the label. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Karma Co-op board member Paul DeCampo is an educator, research, business developer, and community animator. 
He worked in the Ontario wine industry to raise its profile in the hospitality trade and develop food system sustainability and social justice curriculum that is now part of all chef education at George Brown College. Current service includes regenerative food processing in the VQA regulatory system and as a wine educator. Welcome to the show. How are you? Very well, Jamie. It's good to hear your voice again. So we know each other from way back. We were both mm-hmm. we were, we were both involved with an event at the Brickworks. Uh, me as a media sponsor, but you were intimately involved as part of the slow food movement, right? Yes, you're really inspired by my work at, at my time at Karma. I got involved with uh, Slow Food Toronto, which is a volunteer organization to promote uh, our right to good quality food and farmers' right to make a make a living from that uh, system. And uh, yeah, I think those picnics at the Brickworks from uh, 2007 to 2011 were certainly some of my favorite food events, and it's something I'm really proud of to have been uh, involved in. Me as well. So you mentioned the Karma Co-op. So that's what, that's what we're here to talk about today. For those who don't know, my experience with the co-op is there's a famous episode of Broad City where the protagonists are, are both working at a co-op frantically to get their hours in so that they can get discounts at the food. But it's a little, there's a little bit more to it than that. What is a co-op? Well, a co-op is an expression of civil society. It's not a private enterprise. It's not governmental. It's a group of people who voluntarily get together to accomplish a common aim. So it could be a housing co-op, but in this case, we have a food co-op that is member-controlled. So the shoppers are the ones who own it. There are other models of cooperatives. You know, the Big Carrot is a great model of a cooperative here in Toronto as well, but it's a workers' co-op where the workers there are the ones that own, own the cooperative. So Karma started as a group of people who got together and were recognizing the limitations of the food system and what was available to them back in 1972. And uh, 50 years later, we're kind of continuing that legacy. Okay, so it's sort of like a philosophy, I would say, the co-op, the way you've described it. There are some principles that sort of govern a co-op. What are they? Well, number one, we want as many people to be involved as possible. It's voluntary to be involved, but it's also open. It's democratic. So we are run as a not-for-profit corporation. So the board is actually what controls the cooperative, and the membership uh, uh, elects the board. So the board is an expression of the membership. And then, in any, and then the board gives direction to the paid staff in, in this uh, case, and the paid staff, the management, and then the retail associates are the ones that manage it day-to-day in the store. It's about being involved in the economy in a way that's equitable and helps achieve our goals. Uh, we are ta- autonomous and independent of other organizations, while at the same time looking for opportunities to c- collaborate with other cooperatives. And, you know, central to our mission are education, training, information. We want to raise uh, awareness of food and food systems, in in our case, and invite people into a a collaborative dialogue to improve that uh, food system uh, because it all comes down to community care. What kind of food resources do our community need and how can we as a collective help meet those needs? Fantastic. So... Why would somebody, why would a member of the public or a listener today want to become a member of a co-op and in particular the Karma Co-op? Well, Karma does present a unique range of products, but it's not just the products. It's the principles reflected 
uh, behind those products that's important and the curation of the products on the shelf, which come from the collective, come from the collective knowledge of all of us. And we believe that all of us together have more information and more knowledge, and therefore we can make better decisions as a collective. And some of those decisions we've made have been to really strongly pursue, back from 72, the reduction of food packaging waste, Mm -hmm. which is now very much in the zeitgeist, but was not so much part of the consciousness 50 years ago. So we've always had a very robust bulk food program. And then as that awareness and appreciation has developed, we've developed our selection. You know, things like oils and vinegars and tamari and those liquid goods, we found a way to dispense those uh, in a sanitary and neat way, as we do for honey and for maple syrup and kombucha, for that matter. Hmm. And then we've also moved strongly into personal care items and household items. So we have, uh, or, you know, we have over 400 uh, bulk items now in our store. And then in, as a consumer, it really, it's important to me where food comes from. Mm-hmm. I want to understand how I connect with the food production. And all our bulk items are labeled by origin. It's not just an an- anonymous chickpea. Right now you can come into Karma and buy chickpeas that were grown in Ontario. And we proudly display that as well. They're organically grown here locally and with the the extra advantage of it being through a short distribution chain so that there's less time between harvest and its appearance in our store, meaning that these chickpeas, if you soak them for six hours and cook them, they're going to be delicious every time. Not like some pulses that we find that have been in the commodity chain for years and never really will cook up in a way that's fully digestible. So there's a lot of advantages. And I think that's the other, the other principle that guides us is shortening the distribution chain so that we can buy more directly from the primary producers, uh, meaning that more of our retail dollars go into the hands of those producers and less in the distribution channel in between. Well, that's certainly relevant and, and grows more relevant each day. For somebody who's looking for perhaps different kinds of products, does the Karma Co-op have sort of unique items that you can't find anywhere else or, or unique ways of, of getting items to people? We really do. We pursue that uh, very strongly. You know, working with, you know, I'll, I'll call them out with Alchemy Foods, who are a great uh, fermented food provider locally. Uh, we're able to offer sauerkraut and kimchi in bulk mm-hmm. uh, without packaging. Uh, Ying Ying Food from out in uh, Mississauga brings us his tofu made entirely from Ontario-grown organic uh, soybeans and, again, brings it to us in bulk. So we're able to shorten that distribution chain to those Ontario uh, uh, soybean farmers at the same time as presenting a plastic-free solution for our customers. Fantastic. So I understand, and I know this, uh, mm-hmm. because you reached out to me, uh, Karma Co-op has a milestone coming up. Do you want to share that information? We do. You know, uh, we are not the oldest food co-op in Canada. That, that, the honours of that, that, we were preceded by about 18 months, two years, by the London Food Co-op, which is still going strong. And uh, we'd love to have allies in the cooperative industry, in the cooperative movement. We would like to have more, frankly. Uh, We started in 1972 officially, Mm -hmm. so this June we are celebrating our 50th anniversary. And as part of that, we're uh, really, you know, 
karma is in a unique situation uh, physically in that we are embedded in the neighborhood of around Christie and Bloor, just north and east of there, mm-hmm. uh, in a laneway and on Karma Lane. Uh, so we're going to animate that laneway as a way of bringing life to it and continuing the conversation, which the laneway project has been doing so well across Toronto, of how can we reimagine and how can we uh, activate this resource of our laneway so to make our city more vibrant, create meeting places for people, places for collaboration, places for the arts, places to grow food, places to increase housing. So that's all part of our celebration on the 25th. So it, uh, so it's the 25th of June from 2 to 6 in the afternoon, and everyone is welcome to come down and celebrate with us. Fantastic. So, you know, you've been with the co-op for a while. I'm sure Mm -hmm. you've heard sort of the myths and misconceptions about it. Is there anything you want to clear up today on the show? Well, I guess it feels exclusive, but a little bit hidden. It's it's a little like the speakeasy of food, but you don't have to know any any special knocks or code words. We are open and accessible. Uh, Anybody can come in and shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are costs to being a member, so one of the benefits of being a member is we pay the prices on the shelf. People who are just stopping by will pay a, a premium over those prices, it, so that that is the case. But our prices are generally low when we do our shopping basket comparison, so it's still accessible pricing. Uh, so we welcome anybody to stop by, check it out. You can do a, a single shop. You can join up for a month and pay the prices on the shelf and get get a, a feel for the karma experience. And, you know, we are a community we're, uh, of active members in the food system. We're not, uh, which is, to me, so rewarding and different from, you know, the dominant food system kind of positions us, us as passive receptors of food. Right. So, you know, we really encourage people to come out, see what membership can mean for them, see how they can contribute to the cooperative and meet new people, and who are like-minded, and together we're going to make you know Toronto a more delicious and sustainable place for the next 50 years, too. Well, that sounds like uh, a noble endeavor, and I congratulate you on it. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Well, it was great to speak to you, and I hope to see you and a lot of your listeners out on the 25th for our celebration. For sure. For more information about the co-op or to find out more about the celebration, Visit karmacoop.org, and karma is with a K. The Tonic isn't a co-op, but part of the Zoomer Media family. And to read great articles or listen to your favorite interviews, you can visit thetonic.ca. Thanks to all my wonderful guests, Dr. Colleen Hartwick, ND, Tracy Sograti, Dr. Joan Ifland, and Paul DeCampo. And thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for our guests, and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can always follow us at It's The Tonic on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. For great articles by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of The Tonic magazine. The May-June issue is available free on racks at over 100 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in Toronto, west of Victoria Park. Or you can visit our new website, thetonic.ca. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can email me at jamie at thetonic.ca. On our next show, we'll discuss the health and wellness issues that are important to you. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.